Welcome to the Texas High School Football Roundtable brought to you by Town Talk Sports El Paso. Playoff edition as the playoffs are here. The by district round just a few days away. I'm Alex Nicolás along with the coach Tony Grijalva. And coach, this is, what we put, this is what everybody prepares for, everybody's waiting for. The playoffs are here. It was an exciting regular season finale. And now win or you go home and play basketball. That's that's pretty much uh, how things go, and you know, I mean, there's teams that uh, uh, made the playoffs that po- probably, or you know, pro- we probably didn't expect them to make the playoffs. There's others that we definitely thought were there, and and now the the next phase comes into play, and that is you know, how far are they going to go, and that's that's what we're going to be working on in the next couple of weeks. Week eleven brought a couple of surprises, and more other than that, it seemed like everything went the way most would have yeah. thought. Um, but the most surprising outcome, going back to last week, and and you know, surprising in the fact that you know they're they're here now, the Austin Panthers. You right. know, that's it's not surprising that they won. I mean, we knew this team has talent. Uh, we know this team ha- has bought in in the culture that Coach Eric Pachardo has has instilled there, and you see it every week. But to shut down a Burgess team the way that they did uh, and to really, really just make a statement at the end of district play there to, to force that shared of a district title. But more importantly to me is the turnaround. I mean, this yeah. is a program that you look and they lost, you know, was it 30-something games in a three-year span before right. Chipart, uh, Pichardo took over? And now this is a team that I'm going to start expecting being in the top of the district standings every year as long as Eric Pichardo's at the helm of that Austin program. Well, you know, you I think back to uh – uh uh, the game that we saw them a uh, few weeks back, Andres Austin, if you remember, yes. remember that game. And, you know, and- Andres just totally dominated them offensively, defensively. And, you know, uh, I'm thinking to myself, you get to the point where, you know, now you got to get these young men and you got to bring them up again. Because they, they, that was really, you know, that was really a, a, a dominating performance by Andres. But you know what? Uh, Coach Pichardo, his coaching staff did exactly that. You know, picked them up and, you know, got them to refocus and, uh, made them regain their confidence again, and now they're co-district champions. Austin, the first time they've won a district championship since the 2007-2008 run that Austin had. I believe one of those seasons was an undefeated season there under Ruben Bautista. So just continuing to pick up from there where they left off, but also continuing to pick up where they left off on last season, really the first step in the maturation of this program. And now Will Rodriguez, you know, a junior, Isaiah Witterstotter, you know, a a senior that's that's starting to become a big play guy. And not only that, there's components on their defense that that make them really good. Now, they're not a deep team in terms of depth, but what they have, they're just talking about getting the most out of your players. And that's what Coach Pichardo has done since he stepped on that campus, it it seems. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the way that the way that he motivates and uh, uh, makes sure that that he that the kids understand, you know, what what is going on. And you know, I mean, you're right. Last year they were in the playoffs. They even won a playoff game. Yep. They they won a by district playoff game against uh, against Canutillo. So these kids that were there last year, they know what it's like. That they know what it takes. And you know, sometimes maybe people don't understand how important that experience of the year before in a playoff situation. Uh, how important that is. And they will go up against Hanks in the by district round, hosting Hanks. More importantly, in the by district round, and we will preview all of the playoff games coming up soon. This podcast will be. Playoff heavy, of course. It is the best time of the year. Another team that, you know, I mean, I don't want to say surprise us or, or just continues to impress, impress. us, the America's yes. Trailblazers. I mean, 69 points again against a really good team here in our town. And, you know, it started the opposite the last time that they were in this type of big game against Pebble Hills. I think that's that was still a big game for both teams at, at that point in the season. Pebble Hills jumps out to the lead. Um, then America's asserts their dominance. Instead, this 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 time out, the District One Six Eight Championship, America's established that dominance from the, from the start from the first play of scrimmage. Yeah, from from the first play, and and you know th- this comes down to once again playing those big games and and having that experience. You know, I, I look at uh, part of their stats. You know, they're averaging almost fifty two points a game you know, mm-hmm. over ten games. You know, I mean that that's hard to do in any phase of football, but especially in high school, giving up a little bit over. Uh, 15 points a game so you know th- th- this is this is really a solid ball club and we, we've talked about them actually all season long and and you look at at what made them what makes them special all year has been their pass rush well if you watch that game you know america uh, 
Montwood, their offensive line, took away that pass rush. They did. Instead, it was the defensive back, the defensive backs that stepped up and made plays over and over again. Of course, the five interceptions stand out, but nobody was open. You know, the only time that that Montwood was able to get open is when they kind of out schemed America's in right. certain spots. Yes. You know, that is special. And, and you know, talking with Patrick Melton, you know, he loves matching up against those spread teams with the sure. athleticism. You know, yeah. he doesn't have to send guys. We've talked about it all year oh. long. Where you know, traditionally America's have been as aggressive. This was another one of those games where you know maybe at a point where they were getting pass rush you maybe think okay this is where they're gonna doubt the blitz well no they stuck to their they, they stuck right to the scheme right to their game plan and it just seems like each week there's a certain game plan that coach melton lays out the kids fully buy in they execute and then they you know that gets them to play at that elite level now going into the playoffs and this is one of the hottest teams you know not only out of el paso but you got to look at this you know one six eight two six eight region as the, the region. hottest team to come out and that's that's very true. But you know when you when you look at the America's team, as, as we mentioned, you know they put pressure with their front four. They don't need their linebackers uh, to put pressure. But you know coming into the playoffs and going into another level, you know that's something that uh, other teams, uh, opponents of America's, haven't really seen uh, is uh, uh, you know the scheme of bringing linebackers. So you know it's not something you can prepare for, and it's something that I think America's has in their back pocket just in case they need it further on down the line. So America's with the win, they're able to host a playoff game. They will host Wolf for Friendship. Let's start talking about the playoffs and let's start in district or start in class six A division one. Tough draw for the Montwood Rams. Obviously, yeah. they were on the other end of that loss that we we're just talking about with America's. Um, crazy thing happened in District Two Six A, twenty eighteen. Permian was on the top of the pedestal mm-hmm. up there in District 26A. Midland Lee, the second team, or the second place team. They go into, uh, they, they go, they actually played that game in, uh, in Grande. So Midland Lee knocks off the, the favorite on the road team. Then you go into this year, same scenario, right. back at Ratliff. Ratli- uh, the Odessa Permian pays the favor to Midland Lee. Yep. That sets up a, a crazy scenario where now Montwood has to re- has a rematch with Midland Lee. And Midland Lee, um, like we talked about just before we started this, you know that team is very talented. So much talent, so many statistics that statistics that we can talk about with this team. Right. But a reality check, a piece of humble pie, uh, losing to your rival, you know that could be you know a big ingredient for them to continue moving on because we feel that this team. Is probably out of that one six a two six a uh, you know even region one. You obviously got Duncanville there from Dallas, but right. a team that can go three rounds deep in this Midland League team right here. Oh, I I believe that very very strongly, and you know as we were talking about earlier before we got on the air, you know, this may be a good sign for Midland League. Mm-hmm. You know you know sometimes when you win nine in a row, you. You seem to, or you feel like you're invincible. All of a sudden, someone brings you down to earth. So you have, now you have to refocus and and start all over again. And and I think that's where Midland Lee is getting ready to start all over again during playoffs. But as you mentioned, looking at stats and and some of the players of the Midland Lee Rebels offensively and defensively. They are very impressive. Michael Sedano, the junior quarterback, 38 touchdown passes, three interceptions, completed nearly 66% of his passes, just a couple hundred yards shy of 3,000 yards. Also a dual threat guy, has 700 yards on the ground, averages 8.2 yards per pop, nine touchdowns. His top target, 6'4", I believe he's a three- or four-star guy, Loic Fungi, 18 touchdown catches on the season, 1,200 receiving yards. Also have another junior in there, Christian Romero, 708 yards for Romero, nine touchdowns. They have 22 sacks, seven interceptions. This is a very, very talented team. And for the Montwood Rams, uh, you know, you're looking at trying to, to bounce back from that. And, you know, you got, got you got to face guys like Trent Lowe, um, you know, the other guy, Michael Hinojosa, both guys that have over 15 tackles for losses right. on that Midland League team. You know, America's or Montwood did a good job against America's Patriots, but you're talking about having to play a perfect game on the road, um, controlling the football. I think this is a game right. where, where Montwood's really going to have to run the ball. Chris Ramos is going to have to get involved. You may see Sebastian Galvan, who's not really a runner, but you might see some read option trying to keep them off balance. But, mm-hmm. you know, for Montwood, you've seen them before. You know, you know that they can put up 70 on you. You know, it's about finding different ways to just keep yourself in the ball game. And I think it starts with running the ball with Chris Ramos. Yeah, that's that's definitely the big key for, for the Montwood Rams. But, you know, I, I, the other advantage that, that you could see, uh, that I could see out of Montwood is, you know, you have that game film from 
you know, previously when, when they put 70 on you. And, and there are certain things that you can adjust to. And, uh, you know, things depending on what you want to do. And, and as, as you mentioned, I think what Coach Famaligi wants to do is he wants to control the tempo. You know, he, he wants to keep the, the ball away from, from the Midland Lee uh, Rebels offensive uh, offensively and so you know you've got to find ways to to do that and I mean it's not going to be easy because uh, uh, the defensive front for Midland Lee is very dominating. So Montwood and Midland Lee that's a 3.30 p.m. El Paso start me and coach will be on the call from Grande Communications Stadium in Midland Texas well the winner will face Arlington Lamar or Euless Trinity and those are not <laughs> it's not an easy matchup for either of those uh, for either the winner of that one so of course it gets tougher as it goes along in the playoffs sticking in district are sticking in the class 6a division 1 bracket the Franklin Cougars with a rough road trip up to a red hot Odessa Permian team now Franklin's starting to figure things out with their injuries um you know they've had you know three or four uh, starters go down on offense for you know the season in terms of of season ending injuries you look at the two Clark uh, the Clark kids the two slot receivers Pablo Gutierrez the running back mm-hmm. uh, Gabe Stonewall was hobbled up last uh, the last game that we saw them two weeks ago against Pebble Hills didn't play last week so this is a banged up Franklin team but Danny Walter has been the constant all year long had yes. a two game slide where you know maybe things weren't going his way I think he was sick in, in a couple of those games so now he's kind of Past couple games, you going back to that Pebble Hills game, played a lot better. Had a tremendous game last week in, in limited action against Socorro. Franklin goes how he goes. That's yes. how it's. That's how it seems. Mm-hmm. Now for the Franklin defense, you're 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 facing an offense that's very one dimensional, but very good at what they do one dimensional. Eastern Hernandez, the quarterback for for Permian, has really taken over the reins. Um, taking over that thing, obviously, with a big win last week. He has his whole team behind his back. That's a very important thing, as you know, having your having to rally around your quarterback. Malachi Medlock, another talented runner that you're going to have to account for in that veer, um, you know, with the wings, with all that they do, you know, on offense. Now, the Kiefer Franklin, another rematch, you know, another exactly. an, another rematch that we've seen in, in, in Division 1-6A. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of an advantage there, but for Franklin, um, you know, you just don't know where we're at with Franklin right now at this point. You know, with all their injuries, we know that they want to run the ball. Um, yeah. They did really well running the ball against Pebble Hills a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, you know, everybody can run the ball against Socorro, you know, no disrespect to the Bulldogs, but right. um, you know, it's kind of just, it's an enigma what this Franklin team is, but like you say so much coach, the ex- payoff experience that this yeah. Cougar team has could pay off, but we know we've, we've seen Permian in the past couple of rounds in the by district round. It's very, very tough to win at, at Rattler stadium. Oh, well it certainly is. I mean, that's, that is their their ultimate advantage yes. is, is playing at home because yeah you, you, it's an experience if you've uh, if you've never been there uh, to play at Ratliff Stadium and uh, you know of course Franklin has that experience they, they, they've already uh, they've already felt that uh, uh, you know that mojo whatever it is that, that you want to call it but uh, you know uh, that's a good question uh, how is Franklin going going to react and especially Permian I mean you know they, they they've already gotten beat by Franklin so you know is this a revenge game or is it just the first game of the uh, of the playoffs you know it's it's gonna be hard to, to figure out how how Odessa Permian goes into it we know how Franklin's gonna go into it and uh, I think we do you know they're gonna just try and run the ball and establish that tempo early and you talk about Permian with all the confidence in the world and all the no pun intended. Well, pun intended. All the mojo going into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any any time that that program beats their rival, that juices them up. They always schedule oh, it towards yeah. the end of the season. You know, this is a confident team. This is a team that's not only that, but they're going to be confident to get Franklin back. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably a turning point in their season as right. well. Losing to Franklin, losing at home, there's probably a lot of question marks. Obviously, their offense uh, has been a question mark for them all year long. But to be able to get a win at home, you know, that's what Permian does. You know, yes. that's what the expectation is there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're looking at, at Coach Walker and the experience that he has, you know that's a big advantage as, as far as he's been here before right from a coaching angle you know what do you from that experience with those experienced guys you know there's not much to really say no. to your team at that point so is it more of, of of just making sure that you're right in your schemes more than you got to be raw raw and get these guys fired up yeah it, it, it's more it to me it's more important about instilling uh to the players you know they have to be mentally ready to play because if if it's an, an even game as as we see on paper, then you know it's the little things that that are going to uh, that are going to determine the outcome. Uh, the penalties, you know, the, those those dumb penalties about uh, false starts, things like that, dropping the ball, uh, fumbles. You know, th- to me, the, those are the kind of things that are going to be magnified in a game like this. 
keep so Franklin and Permian. That's a six o'clock start. El Paso time from Ratliff Stadium. The Carrillo brothers will be on the call on the Franklin channel here on Town Talk Sports El Paso. Moving along here in our playoff preview in our Texas High School football roundtable. Class 6A Division 2, the District 16A Champs, America's Trailblazers get the big win over Montwood, finish the season 9-1, and and get the first round home game against the Friendship Tigers, and the Tigers are back coach. Um, <laughs> took a couple years, you know, the, 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 the transition to 6A, hit them hard, they went through a coaching change they went through a whole overhaul of their scheme they went yes. from kind of a power run game with a wing some read option they would even go i think they would use tight ends going uh they're going to center they run eye formation right now yes. they're full spread yes. um and they got a really good quarterback. Yes, they do. <laughs> Donovan Smith, a three-star, uh, rated by uh, 24-7 Sports, already committed to Texas Tech. 6'4", 200 pounds, and we talked with Coach Patrick <laughs> Melton before the game. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than what they give him credit for. That's right. Um, and not only that, but his production is big, too. Uh, 2,601 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, completed 66% of his passing uh, on the season. He's got three receivers that have over 500 yards right. rece- receiving and three receivers that have over 40 catches on the season if you look he's hit six <laughs> different guys um four touchdown passes they're averaging 272 yards to the ground and starts with donovan smith and america's matches up very matches up very very well yes. against spread teams because of their ability to get after the ball get after the passer and not only that but defend downfield and this is a favorable matchup for america's but friendship you know when you got a quarterback like that going into the playoffs that makes all the difference in the world sometimes well it it really will especially you know i mean I think that's going to be the key to the ball game is going to be the friendship offense versus the America's defense, and, and you know it's going to be a power struggle to see who wins. I, you know, America's has an advantage in that they drop their backers, so they've got extra coverage. You know, but you're talking about as you mentioned, wide receivers, all of them over 500 yards receiving. So really, there is no favorite. Uh, if you're if you're trying to prepare against uh, uh, this type of an offense, you can't say, well, we're going we're gonna to double this one or we're going to double this side. You can't really do that. You've got to play evenly all the way across the board. And I think Americans can do that defensively. Smith also has nine rushing touchdowns on the season. Their running back, William Bayuth, 836 yards, 6.5 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns on the season for a 100-yard game for him when you look at America's what they do on offense you know Mike Noel has really really come along and he's given America he's given America's that extra dimension particularly on offense America's is no longer a ball control type offense yeah they're gonna their tempo's a little bit slower than, than normal than, than what you see from normal teams they'll huddle they'll, they'll huddle they'll kind of just you know gather around the football right. but they'll take their right. time but they have a legitimate passing game with Noel now Ryan Acosta they're starting to develop other receivers that mm-hmm. we've seen on the outside Michael Ap- uh, Acevedo Apodaca uh, that wears number two there for Americas obviously Evan Chisholm had two touchdown passes three interceptions last week our yep. Town Talk Sports El Paso player of the week um, you know lots of weapons offensively for Americas I think it's starting to become a trend now where you, as good as America's defense is you can put that offense guaranteed up for 30 to 40 points yep. I feel like this is a game in friendship that you know if friendship offense gets gets going and they're able to pick apart the America's defense, which nobody really has this year, you got to score thirty to forty points. And the America's offense, like I mentioned, that's becoming a norm with Mike Noel and the way that he's been able to not only game manage at certain times, but then also to make those big plays at certain times to put points on the board. Well, you know the, the the improvement for Mike Noel since since we saw him in the first game of the season against uh, Eastwood. I mean, has has improved by leaps and bounds. And now it is no longer when you play Americas you have to stop Aaron Dumas because if you game plan to stop Aaron Dumas, you know, you're 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 in for a rude awakening because as you mentioned, there there are other weapons out there that that can be used. So you know, I I would be interested to see you know. First of all, how well friendship is going to try and stop Aaron Dumas. You know, you've you, you got Dumas running the Wildcat that you have to defend, mm. and then you've got him uh, in an eye formation. But then, as you mentioned, you cannot forget about Noel because, you know, he can run the speed option, he can throw the ball, play action, do whatever he wants, and he's got some receivers to throw to. So the America's Trailblazers will be hosting the Friendship Tigers in a district wide class 16A Division 2 matchup. Winner of that one will face the winner of Arlington, the Colts of Arlington. Mm-hmm. Or the Richland Rebels that we saw as a 5A school a couple years ago playing the uh, Parkland Matadors. For Americas, they'll be looking for their first by-district title since 2016. They won back-to-back by-district titles in 2015 and 2016. And that was actually the last district title was against Friendship back in 2016. Mm -hmm. 
16. They beat Friendship 30 to 16. So hoping Lightning strikes twice against the Friendship Tigers. Pebble Hills, a, another one of these 6A rematches in a sense. Pebble Hills had to travel, make the rough travel up to Amarillo last right. year to face Tascosa in the by district round. They draw Tascosa again this year in 2019 in the by district round. Tascosa, of course, runs that triple option. Joseph Plunk runs it like nobody's business. Right. I mean, the kid is just, you know, talking with it with coaches around the city that, you know, about this kid. And he just, he pretty much grew up out of the womb in the veer. Coach, he <laughs> grew right. up already faking yeah. the full pack and keeping yep. coach's son. We know what they're going to do for Pebble Hills. It's it's a what we've been talking about Pebble Hills and what Coach Mark Torres talks with us about them continuing to grow up. Another opportunity to not only grow up as as the senior group, but grow up as a program and to take yeah. that next step and to bring home a trophy. Tough road trip, but with the way Pebble Hills puts up points, you know I like the way that they actually match up with that Tascosa defense. That well, that's true. The the uh, the challenge is going to be uh, stopping the the offense, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like he's he's run this offense so much that he doesn't have he doesn't really read it anymore. You know, he, it's just it's reaction. Yeah. You know, you watch him, you watch him, uh, you know, run the offense, and everything's reaction. It, it, I, I don't see him really uh, reading or anything. It's just you know he's just so familiar with it. Uh, Pebble Hills, on the other hand, I, I think offensively. Uh, the way that they they can attack the uh, Amarillo Tascosa defense, I think, might be an advantage there. But again, it comes down to what I mentioned before: it's limiting turnovers, you know, limiting turnovers, limiting penalties. And that's going to be a big key. That's been the, the key for Pebble Hills all year long. Yeah. When they're not turning the football over, they're as dangerous as anybody yeah. offensively. Yeah, and the same thing for their defense: they're, they don't have an aggressive defense or a really bend but don't break type of defense. Which right. you have to kind of be to defend this. But they're going to need big games from Anthony Romero, uh, that mm-hmm. defensive end that hybrid defensive end that can also stand him up. Yeah. They're going to have to bring up those safeties. Chaz Clemens is going to have to have a big game. Yep. You know, one of the Davis brothers, they may have to take one of the Davis brothers off corner and maybe bring him into the box. Yep. That's going to be an ultimate chess match, there, chess match there for the Pebble Hill Spartans. That game will be Friday night, 5 p.m. El Paso time at Dick Bivens Stadium. A tough, tough game there. Tough draw for yeah. Pebble Hills. Amarillo Tascosa last year with Plunk. This was a team that made it to the state semifinals out of Region 1 in Class 6A. So moving on to the Division 1 Division One Class 5A matchups in town. We'll jump ahead to Saturday at noon. District 1 5A D1 champion Eastlake against the fourth place finisher Lubbock Monterey. And Lubbock Monterey is a team that El Paso teams always run into every year. Yep. Uh, doesn't matter where you see them, it's but this given. year, always a given to play Monterey. <laughs> this year, though, Monterey, typical Monterey. Um, good athletes, a great athlete at quarterback in Corian Bailey. Uh, you know, we saw Bailey a couple years ago uh, when he was a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, we saw him back when he when they played Andrews, he was um, sort of like a, a like a hybrid type of guy that they didn't really. He wasn't a quarterback then. They moved him around. He was a running back, played a little bit of receiver, right. um, but now he's played a full time quarterback now for basically the past two years. Last year ran for eight hundred and fifty four yards. This year he's improved his passing in by leaps and bounds, completing sixty one percent of his passes, twenty one touchdowns, six interceptions on the season. He's also ran for four hundred ninety six yards. This one to me is a battle of the quarterbacks yeah. with with Bailey and Orion Olivas. Um, you know this. The, District 15A D1, it's a down year. You know, everybody knows right. that it's yeah. obvious. 25A D1 definitely has the advantage um, as we go on and preview this the, these these pairings here in this matchup. But you know, you gotta Eastlake's gotta like their chances. This is oh, gonna yeah. be a shootout type yeah. of game. Um, I really like Eastlake's defense, the way they've stepped up, but you know, I don't know if they face a, a, a kid like as talented exactly. as, as Corian Bailey. And not only that, some of the other players that they have on their on their roster. Um, you know, you're looking at running back, I like the kid Ty Williams, six touchdowns, averaging six and a half yards per carry. Um, you look at what, what what Bailey's done. You know he's got a receiver. Uh, you know and Tipton, uh, Ty, Tyree Tipton, twelve hundred yards, eight touchdowns. You know m- these teams match up almost as even as you can have when you're looking across the board. You know the the advantage maybe that I give Eastlake, they've played a little bit better football in terms of consistent. You know right. the, the the win streak, having different guys on offense, but this one's going to be a fun fun shootout on Saturday morning. No, I'm really looking forward afternoon, to it. Actually, it's a yeah. afternoon, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this one, though. I, I think this is, uh, uh, I think it it, uh, it suits well for Eastlake. To me, the biggest advantage is they're at home. 
They don't yes. have to travel anywhere. Lubbock has to travel to come over here. You know, it's always tough when you have to do that, especially for for a Saturday game. You know, this uh, this early. Obviously, they'll probably be here the the night before. But uh, uh, I like you know I've always liked the uh, the quarterback uh, for for East Lake uh, Olivas. You know, I, I just think, and he's only a junior, but I, but I think he plays like a senior. Uh, he plays like he, with the experience, and, and I just like the way they run their offense and spread everybody out and and uh, Lubbock. Monterey is going to have to figure out how they're going to cover. One of the key playmakers in this ball game for me and the, the kid that's just turned it on to a next level over the latter part of the season, Blas Compion, oh, yeah. on both sides of the football, had another 100-yard game, another interception uh, right. last week yeah. uh, to end the season against Bel Air. You know, th- Along with Matt Jones, along with Dane Kirkley, but when Compion is making those big plays on both sides of the ball, that is a difference between a really good East Lake team and to an East Lake team that could get into the second yeah. round. You know, the, we talked about the quarterback matchup, you know, being key, but another key thing will be can East Lake force a couple of turnovers and give right. themselves good field position. That's mm-hmm. going to be kind of the difference. You're looking at, at Monterey. They've only picked off seven passes this year. They've only had six sacks so as far as what's been reported through max prep. So, yeah. you know, you're looking, you're thinking, well, you know, this is a game where, you know, you feel like maybe East Lake's defense can step up against a really good offensive unit to be the difference in the game. And I look at number two for East Lake of being that difference maker on, on the defensive side. Well, you know, Blas Compian, he's, uh, he's experienced. He's still only a junior. Yeah. yeah. But, it seems uh, like we've been talking about <laughs> him forever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you can tell he's a leader out there. Yes, he, he is. He's a leader off- offensively, defensively. And, and and I think that the, the, the Eastwood players just follow his lead. And when he plays hard, it seems like they all play hard. Keeping on with our District 15A, or Class 5, I keep saying District 15. <laughs> District plays over. It's playoffs. That's I got to get it out of my mind. It's the bite district round in Class 5A D1. Lubbock, Monterey, and East Lake. That's a noon kickoff at the SAC. Me and Coach will have the call on the East Lake channel. Winner of that one will play Birdville or Saginaw. Moving on to the next matchup in Class 5A Division 1. Chapin, 2-8 and eight. Chapin at 8-2 and two Amarillo. Chapin, a good story towards the end of the season yeah. uh, with all the injuries that they've been dealt with, able to sneak in. Damon Rodriguez, the full quarterback is what we'll call him, the full <laughs> slash quarterback. Uh, the kid is just a load. And it's been all heart for Chapin, Coach. It it's been all heart, uh, been all heart, been all coaching. Coach Renee Hernandez has done a fine job despite a 2-8 two and, two and eight record to be able to slip into the playoffs. But Amarillo, um, you know, this is a team that had a tough loss early on in the season um you know that that i really i think you are no i believe they they were able to be let me look it up here i think they got um a loss that really or, or a win that turned my head was when they beat tascosa right. um they beat tascosa by three early on in the season and that really turned my head when i saw them win that when that game because amarillo's been in kind of a transition too with their offense and yes. you know they now have a really really good offense and a real good quarterback and will maynard uh almost two thousand yards passing 21 touchdowns five interceptions uh for maynard another one of those dual threat guys that you see really all over the state. Uh, tough draw for Chapin. You know, not yeah, only the road trip, uh, but Amarillo, the way they put up points. Chapin is, does a good job against a run. Um, you know, and we yeah. saw them, you know, we, we, we've seen Chapin do good against um, an Eldorado team that runs spread, but that was Eldorado's backup quarterback. Right. Um, you know, that may be a problem for Chapin if they don't get pressure on the quarterback. It's giving Maynard that time to pick you apart with that spread that Amarillo's now running. Yeah, I think that's that's where the pressure is. But but then, you know, you look on the other side and you see an Amarillo team that I'm sure the coaching staff there is is watching tape and film right now uh, and trying to figure out well you know what are we going to defend because you know Rodriguez has only been a quarterback the last two games yeah yeah so any any game before two games ago you know are they going to look at it how are they going to break it down you know because it has their, their offense have, has changed since that time and uh, you know the, their scheming also has changed a little bit and you know sometimes if they prepare for you know the wrong type of scheme you know that's that may be an advantage to Chapin. And a big advantage for Amarillo is the big game the big win that they had the previous week to get that number one seed and knocking off previously unbeaten Abilene Cooper who's a really really good team and a team that could maybe push a Denton Ryan for one yeah, out of this true. region um, but Amarillo you know that is a big win for them and I feel that that confidence couldn't can take them not just you know I don't know if they're going to overlook Chapin but that gives them the confidence where they know they can beat Chapin and moving yeah. on to second third round you know that type of confidence in the season that's what you hope as a coaching staff yep. that you can build with that big win um, you know maybe not get too beat up with injuries not not sure what that situation may be but right. you know that confidence going into by district after after beating um, you know what's becoming a district rival for them now uh, as those two teams jostle for the top uh, top of the standings every year that does wonders for a, for a football team 
team's confidence going into the playoffs. Well, it certainly does. And, I mean, you can tell right away the confidence by uh, by looking at uh, what day they play. They play on Thursday. Thursday yeah. you know, that, that pretty much tells you uh, what uh, uh, what is in the minds of the Amarillo coaches. And, you know, for Chapin, you know, it's, it's a tough it's a tough travel time, you know, going up there uh, to play on a Thursday. And, you know, I mean, the weather's not going to be real pleasant. <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, they, they, they've got to, they got to go through some obstacles. Second consecutive year, Chapin goes north for the by district round last year. I believe they were in Lubbock. Uh, this Lubbock. year they go a little a couple hours further north to Amarillo. That's a 5 p.m. start Thursday night at Dick Biven Stadium in Amarillo, uh, which is breaking news that told me before we started this podcast. We will have that one. On Town okay. Talk Sports El Paso yeah. on the Chapin Channel. Winner of that one will play either Crowley or Colleyville Heritage. Crowley's 9-1, and one, definitely a favorite in that ball game. Mm-hmm. Looking at another matchup here in Class 5A Division One, the Del Valle Conquistadores, 5-5. Five and five. They will take on the Abilene Abilene Cooper, um, and for Cooper, uh, this is a, you know the Cougars. They were on the other end of that loss against Amarillo, right. and they have a really good running back that we heard about last year, Noah Garcia. You know, had a great year last year, and all oh, this year, you know, just shy of two thousand yards rushing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to average eleven point four yards per carry, and I'm going to get in the t- I'm going to get in the end zone twenty four times. And oh yeah, for every game I play, I'm also going to run for over hundred yards. That I'm I'm kind of. Putting words in Noah Garcia's mouth, but yeah. that's a talented kid, and Del Valle yeah. is going to have their hands full against one of the state's best. Well, this is this is the top team in that district, I mean, w- without a doubt. Although they do have that one loss, but you know, you look at them across the board, talent wise. You know, it's everything's there, both offensively and defensively. And 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 Del Valle, you know, they have the work cut out for them. You know, they're they're tough defense. They've been playing tough defense all season long. You know, offense. You know. Been a little bit maybe inconsistent at times, but uh, you know they're going to have to find some type of an answer to be able to attack the Abilene Cooper defense. Twenty-five sacks. Uh, looking at this Abilene defense, nineteen or Abilene Cooper defense, nineteen interceptions. Nineteen <laughs> interceptions. That's that's almost as ridiculous as America's stats. Right. Uh, stats in terms of sacks. Um, looking at their defense, you got one, two, three, four, five different players that have over seven tackles for loss on the season, uh, led by the big man in the middle, Douglas Sims, 13 tackles for loss. Um, you know, Del Valle, I thought that game was a lot closer than I expected against Chapin last week. Yep. Um, the yeah. question has been their offense all year long. Can Sebastian mm-hmm. Carr step up um, on the road and make plays in this game? It's going to come down to him. I think this is a Lubbock, uh, this is an Abilene Cooper team, excuse me, that's going to shut down the run. Yeah. I think that that's going to be a, a big key for them. You know, Carr's going to have to make plays. He's going to have yes. to probably have to make plays out of the pocket. This is a big test for Sebastian Carr. Um, for Del Valle, looking forward, this program's going to be good. You know, we're talking about their JV and their freshmen dominating. You're talking about the 7th and 8th grade teams dominating that 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 flood into Del Valle. Exactly. This, was, this was an up-and-down start for Rudy Contreras in his first year. But to be able to go on the road and give Cooper trouble, you know, that's that would be, that would be a, a big successful season for Big Bad Blue if they can pull that off. Yeah, and and it would it would uh, really help their confidence, you know, go, going into uh, next year when you know they'll be a little bit more experienced. And as you mentioned, uh, you've got all these underclassmen coming up. So, uh, in, I mean, you know, they're in a good situation, and and also the experience playing at, at Shotwell, you know, is is. Uh, uh, it's going to be an experience. I wonder if uh, I know Jesse Perales has, has his own playoff That's game right. to prepare for, but yeah. I wonder if he's going to sneak away to Abilene <laughs> and, and catch that one uh, on Friday. And no, he can't. That's actually a Friday night game, so he's got a game himself. And congratulations to Jesse Perales, yeah. uh, by the way. Let's talk yeah. about that for a quick second there. Um, starting off the season 0 5, um, then making a run in that tough, tough district. I know they gave one of the top teams in that district, Saxe, a, a run for their money there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but here it, it's not really a surprise because, you know, you know Jesse doesn't quit he's relentless um and it's not surprising to see him make a big yeah. run and really make a name for himself in, in his first year over yeah. there in, in the Garland area well you know he he uh he knows how to communicate to the players yeah that, that that's that's one of his strongest points you know that was one of his strongest points here and uh, being able to uh, uh to motivate uh these kids to play starting on five and then still still being able to to get into the playoffs is really a big accomplishment for his first year and it's it just you know it, it's mind-boggling to see what's going to happen once once he establishes which is that program uh, there at uh, at that school? So congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Conquistadores who will be facing Abilene Cooper in the by district round. Winner of that one will face Azil or Grapevine in the area round. The final uh, Class Five A Division One. 5A by district round featuring an El Paso team. The Eastwood, Eastwood Troopers will be hosting the Lubbock 
Lubbock Coronado, and for Lubbock Coronado, it just seems like they always have a quarterback. Yeah. Every year, every it just year. every year it just seems <laughs> like they every year they just have a guy there uh, that can make big plays. And this year, uh, Sawyer Robertson, uh, three thousand yards passing, thirty-seven <laughs> touchdowns. You know, th- those. I don't want to say you know take anything away from the kid, but you know that system that they have there, yeah. they just produce productive quarterbacks right. year after year. Yeah, and and it's it's just something that they they've always you know they've always been accustomed to, and you know some sometimes you go out there they don't even they don't even think twice about you know who's going to step up who's going to step up next you know the uh, uh, the scheme and and what what they run you know they run it so flawlessly and and they also coach it that way that it, it's really it's really. Impressive to watch, to be honest with you. Robertson is a three-star rated recruit by rivals, has a ton of offers. If you're looking at some of his offers here, Southern uh, SMU, Tulsa, Washington State, uh, Wisconsin, <laughs> you'll see Texas Tech in that mix before it's said and done. But like I said, over 3,000 yards passing for him. Um, looking at their receiving core, another group of receivers where you have three guys that are over 600 yards, uh, led by John Hernandez. Hernandez, 10 touchdown catches, 1,000 yards, 60 total receptions. Also have a, a junior, Eli Martinez, uh, 44 catches, 705 yards. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Robertson's just a junior. Uh, you know, he's just a junior uh, garnering all this attention already. Um, you know, the kid goes 6'3", 200 pounds. For Eastwood, um, this has been a good turnaround for them. You know, it's been yeah. a rough start. Yep. Um, you know, the, the the stuff that they've gone through off the field, um, all the emotional stuff that they've had to go through, and then, you know, losing your leader, the, the face of your program the past couple of years, Chris Castaneda goes down. Yep. But in steps Andrew Martinez. Um, the kid looks the part. You know, I he got a chance to see him against El Dorado. Yep. He has the moxie. He has the playmaking ability. Obviously, it was a little bit watered down that last game because Eastwood already had the two seed locked up. So didn't really have to have ask him do much. They ran a lot of sprint outs for him. But I like the way that this kid has, has came in and he's hasn't really missed a step. The yep. confidence is there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Coach Lopez has prepared him very well. Yep. And for Eastwood, this is a home game. You know, you you that Eastwood Stadium is going to be the Trooper Stadium is going to be packed. Uh, it's a one sided stadium. You get, it's going to be in Eastwood's favor. That's going to be a big advantage for the Troop going back to last year when they played Abilene Cooper well as well. So yes. you know this is a very interesting matchup and one of those games where if Eastwood wins, it's not a surprise for us just because of the way that they can fight it. But it's how they're going to do it offensively is really the question. Uh, that's that, that's very true, uh, and I mean defensively, they, they also have, have a little bit of pressure there to, trying to stop the Coronado offense. But you know, in thinking back on, you know, they had a home game last year, and uh, they you know they they tried hard, and they just came up on the on the short end of the stick. And you know, to have two home games in the playoffs, you know, simultaneously each year, you know, that, I mean, that's that's got you have to be grateful for that. To, to be able to have that opportunity. So I, I think this time, you know, they're going to try their best to, to try and, you know, be successful because since they were not last year. And I was impressed with, with Eastwood's defense. Of course, El Dorado, um, you know, was wounded in that last game, but how aggressive they were and how they executed that aggressiveness with the linebackers. You know, they, they would go out of that 3-3-5. Three, three, they would send either an outside or a middle backer, and he was able to create havoc, and that's going to be a key. They're going to yeah. have to get pressure. They're going to have to send guys. You know, you're going to have to have a numbers game, I think, matching up against Lubbock Coronado. Right. You know, as well as they throw the ball offensively, whether it's bubbles, whether it's down screen, you got to be able to get that quarterback off of his – make him throw off his back foot. Mm-hmm. Get him, get him rattled, and I think that's that could be something that Eastwood can can draw up early on and keep themselves in the game. Offensively, I would love to see them ball control as much as they yes. can. Mark Graham, um, I know they had the the kid, the other kid that was in there, Xavier Cordero, I think was his name. Uh, where's number twenty two or twenty or Galindo, Xavier Galindo? Um, that's going to be a key if they're able to get pressure and run the football. I know Eastwood wants to throw it. I know Julio Lopez would love to throw it oh, 40, yeah. 50 times a yes. game, but you know, offensively, that's going to have to be the key to keep that corner. Auto offense off the field. That's very cliche to say, but that that's going to be a big execution mark for the troopers and 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 the crowd. I, I think that as you mentioned already before, the home game and the crowd behind them. You know, Eastwood always plays stuff when they're at home, right? Traditionally, Eastwood Yo, yes. always plays good at yes. home. So there you have it for Class 5A Division One. That's a Friday night game, 6.30 p.m. Eastwood at Lubbock Coronado. The winner will face Denton Ryan or Granberry. Denton Ryan is the uh, heavy favorite in that other matchup. Yeah, yeah, I, I I just remember you know I get nightmares just 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 see just hearing the name Denton Ryan after what we saw in the past. So looking at the local by district games here, Class Five A Division Two District One Five A versus District Two Five A, the 
co-district champions in District 25A Division 2, the Austin Panthers will host the Hanks Knights Thursday night, 7 p.m. at Ari McKee, Stadium, Ari McKee Stadium. And this one, you're talking about opposites attracting oh, yeah. <laughs> um, a fun, fun matchup here. You got Hanks offense against Austin's great defense. Um you got Austin's efficient rush offense and the trap and, and everything they try to do offensively against mm-hmm. Hanks' speed and, and, and their strength that they have on defense. I mean, anything can go. I think Austin obviously is a favorite, but the way Hanks can get going on offense, the way Aaron Molina can sling it, uh, we don't know what's up with the running back situation. Hasim right. Peterson Pena didn't play the last couple of weeks, so that's a big question mark there. Um, but, you know, like we've been saying with Austin, like we started off this podcast, Austin, their motto, ETW, expect to win. Mm-hmm. And that right there is usually good for a touchdown favor. But like you said, that Hanks offense and Michael Blanco, they don't want to go home either. Blanco can get behind a double team and get behind a triple team. You yep. know, but this one, it, it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Right. It certainly is a very potent offense for Hanks. You know, just just looking at this at this matchup off the top of my head, one of the things that stands out to me is uh, uh, Austin's experience because they won the playoffs last year, where Hanks, you know, they're up and coming. They want to get to that. They mm-hmm. want to get to the point that Austin's at right now. You know, have a couple of, uh, of uh, playoff games, have that experience, and, you know, get that advantage. So right now, just looking at it, I think a little bit of an advantage is towards Austin. But like I said, that Hanks offense, definitely an explosive one as well. But for Austin, what they're able to do now is they've added added a big play dimension with Isaiah Witterstauter. And that right there has turned this team into that contending team. Now, he was out the latter part of the or the beginning part of the season when they played Andrews. He was that was his first game back after he missed a couple of games. So you see the value that he adds to their offense. And not only that, but defensively, you got so many guys um, that make plays for the Austin Panthers. So I definitely think Austin has a big advantage there Mm -hmm. in that matchup you're looking at um that bracket overall when you're looking at the hanks knights and and, you know like you mentioned coach this is a team that's trying to get to get over that hump and and no better way to do it against an austin team who you know maybe they feel they can speed up austin and and give them a little bit of trouble with their offense yeah and i I think that's that's a big that's a big key is going to be tempo Uh, you know as we know uh, austin is ball controlled that's what they do that you know they're they're so precise in in running their offense because they're so well coached that you know that automatically that that that's how they run first down after first down after first down. Whereas Hanks, on the other hand, it, it may take them two plays to go eighty yards, and you know they're fine with that. The winner of this one will take on Wichita Falls Rider or Fort Worth Southwest out of District Three Five A D Two and District Four Five A D Two again Austin. And Hanks, 7 p.m. at Ari McKee Stadium. Another interesting matchup, another matchup that's going to be very physical that takes place on Thursday at Lowenberg Stadium. Andres and Canotillo. Andres lost to Irvin uh, for the first time since 1997. Canotillo um, ran into the buzzsaw that is the Parkland Matadors. Yes, and, and, you know, that just really shows how Parkland, how good Parkland is. And we're gonna, we have a long segment about Parkland <laughs> coming up next. But um, this matchup, you're talking about two teams that are evenly matched, that, that – they go as their defense goes. Um, you know, it, both teams that don't really have an explosive running game, they don't have explosive passing game. Now, Andrews yeah. has the potential to have an explosive passing game, but they haven't shown it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, both defenses are, are tremendous. you got playmakers up front on the defensive line and at linebacker. Obviously, Keontae Liggins uh, committed to UTEP yesterday. Um Anything can happen in this game. Anything can happen in this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring type of ball game. I think special teams and field position are going to be big keys in this one. This is going to be this is going to be one of those games that that just it it, it annoys you to watch as a fan, maybe. (laughs) Um, But I think for the coaching staff, you know, both teams want to play a slug it out type of slow motion type of game. Uh, Come down to defensive stops. Come down to taking over and scoring off of field position opportunities. You know. Basically produced by your defense. Yeah, a domination by defense. That's that's what this game is all about. And uh, you're talking about two teams that uh, you're going to look and see which one uh, has the ability to bounce back. Obviously, both coming in with losses. Not what you want to do going into a playoff game, but you know that is that is the situation. So you're going to have to live with that. And and uh, at some point, you. Know, 
as you said, it's not one of those games where you're going to be. It's going to be high scoring. It's it's not Hank throwing the ball around or anything like that. It you know it's just going to be the defenses against each other, and I, I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Very interesting matchup on Thursday. Andres and Canotillo, winner of that one, will face Justin Northwest or Canyon Randall. Those two teams play Friday night, so both of either Andres or Canotillo will have a day up on preparing. Right for either of those teams. Another interesting matchup, um, you get two teams that uh, can really move the ball. You're looking at Yesleta and Burgess. Yesleta and Burgess will meet Friday, 7 p.m. at Mustang Stadium. Burgess, like we mentioned, I mean, who knows what happened uh, to exactly. get held by three points. We exactly. did not expect that. No. Um, didn't didn't take away anything if Austin would win the game, but the fact that you know, the fact that Austin held them just to a field goal in that one was very perplexed. And then you got the, the Yesleta Indians. Uh, Loser quarterback towards the end of the season. In steps in Lucas Flores, who had 600 yards receiving. Uh, now looking like a guy that, that's one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. going into the playoffs. <laughs> that's true. Uh, thrown for over 1,000 yards in, in three starts. And, you know, Yasleta has lots of experience on offense. Uh, yeah. This game could go either way. Burgess obviously would be the favorite in this one. But with the way that Yasleta is playing, you never discount a hot team this late in the season. No, you don't. Isleta, uh, and we've talked about it before, you know, they had a good start last year, and then uh, they finished off in a disappointing manner. So I, I think this is more of a payback season. Uh, they're in the playoffs now, and they know how hard they worked last year and this year to get there. And, and I think for them, it's going to be very important. It's a very important game for them. Burgess, on the other hand, you're right. You know, three points, I just – there's no way I could I could have imagined that uh, anyone – any high school team would hold Burgess to three points with the with the offense that they have. So it's going to be interesting to see how how they bounce back. You know, what is Coach Rutledge going to do? What is he going to tell his players? You know, to try and help them to regain that confidence. Another one of those bounce back games. Um, yep. You know, you're looking at Burgess, but. I don't know if, if that's if this is so much negativity, you know, for Burgess because you're still the district champion. Sure, um, you know, Coach Rutledge is an ultimate motivator, but it's still got to be in the back of a 17 year old oh, yeah. kid's mind. You know, how, how are you able to erase that as a coach to get them focused for the next game on Friday? Yeah, and and you know, usually one of the things that that I would do in a game like that, I wouldn't even show the film. I wouldn't show the film. You know, the the Austin film. That one's that one's dead and gone. We're not going to worry about that. Let, let's concentrate on what we can do well and what we can control. And I think that's that's the attitude they're going to go in with this week. Burgess looking for their second straight by district title. Actually, Yesleta and Burgess met in 2015. I remember covering that game. Uh, Yesleta was a heavy favorite in that game. Uh, it was Ray Flores, uh, the oh, corner yeah. UTEP running back, and then I can't remember the quarterback's name. Uh, Sips in my mind, he was a really good quarterback as well. And Burgess pulled off a big upset in that ball game. So the Mustangs scene of history can repeat itself. It won't be an upset in this one, but it'll be a big win and a second straight by district title for Neil Rutledge and the Mustangs. The final Class 5A Division II by district round game featuring District 1-5A and 2-5A. The 1-5A champion Parkland Matadors take their undefeated record at home against the Bowie Bears. And, you know, obviously Bowie's going to be a little bit overmatched um, in yeah. terms of, of the speed. But, you know, there's certain areas where they can match up, particularly oh, yeah. with Carlos Varela. Mm-hmm. Where you move him on defense is really going to be the difference uh, in slowing down Parkland. Now for the Bowie offense, they've been a little bit multiple. They yes. haven't been kind of the quote-unquote, for lack of a better term, the bo- the boring Bowie offense <laughs> where they run the football. But yeah. I think in this game, having that quote-unquote boring Bowie offense may be the biggest factor. And it's always cliche uh, going up yes. against a team that likes to move fast against Parkland. But Parkland really playing on another level, not only physically, but this is an experienced team with guys that haven't lost district games. They've been around the program with Eric Franz since, since the get-go when Eric yeah. Franz is the defensive coordinator. There's a different mentality with this Parkland program than your most than most undefeated teams you see at this point of the season. Uh, that's, that's certainly true. Uh, you know, look, looking at uh, at Bowie, you know how how can they stay in the game? To me, it's tempo. It's controlling tempo because that's what uh, uh, that's what they're best at. Uh, Parkland, on the other hand. You know, what can you say about Gabe Herrera that hadn't, hadn't been said? You know, he's the second year starting. He's got the experience. He is the leader out there. He's got playmakers around him, uh, at running back, at wide receiver. And, you know, I, I just uh, I just like the way that he handles himself, the way that he handles the offense. And, you know, I mean, this this offense potentially, you know, can – can score points, can put points on the board. And so that's why Bowie would want to keep the ball away from the Parkland offense. Looking at the next round for Parkland, um, 
who they could potentially face, Fort Worth, Northside, or Wichita Falls. Now, you know, we asked Coach Franz about looking ahead. He'll give, he give me a funny look and, and, and tell <laughs> yeah. me something colorful off record. But um, <laughs> that's what we can do. We, yeah. we can look ahead. Exactly. We, we, have, we have that advantage of looking ahead as media guys. And I love the draw that Parkland got yeah. in, in this in this region, Coach. I mean, to not have to face Wichita Falls Rider until the third round. Now, you don't take any round for grip for granted. Right. Obviously, you're not taking Bowie for granted this weekend. Sure. But looking ahead at, at Parkland and what they've done traditionally, um, this is a team that, you know, really when you're looking on paper and who you have in front of them, they are on paper heads and shoulders above everybody. Now, obviously, Lubbock Cooper um, is on the other side of that bracket, which is very positive right. as well. And they're lurking. but. Yeah. This is setting up for Parkland. If they can continue on their role, this could be a special run for the Parkland Matadors because yeah. the big thing in the playoffs for El Paso teams, how do you draw and Parkland got a favorable one in our yeah. in our opinion? Sure. No, no, that's that's definitely true. I mean, once you get into these playoffs, it, it is about, obviously, number one, winning winning the game that you're scheduled for that week and then also, you know, being able to, to uh, uh, have the confidence uh, to move on. Parkland, I think, has all that. You know, right now, the only thing that, uh, that worries me a little bit is, you know, I, I don't know if they uh, – I, I don't want to know – I don't want to see them uh, just automatically think that they're going to move on to the next round, for example, after Bowie. And then they play the next week. You know, each game right now in the playoffs, you know, it's it, that's, going, that's going to be the toughest opponent. And that's where you have to treat it throughout the playoffs. Another team that we feel has a fair draw, um, the America's Trailblazers. Obviously, yeah. friendship's yeah. going to be a tough game at home, mm-hmm. but it's at home. Yes. That's your advantage. And then you're getting Richland. Um, Richland's a, a transitioning team. This is just their second year in 6A. They've made a good run. Uh, looking at Arlington, uh, the Colts, always a solid team. This is, yes. you know, maybe not one of their better teams, quote-unquote. They would still be a favorite over America's if they were to meet, match up. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, America. basically what we're trying to say is you're looking at, at America's and you avoid, you know, having to face a team like Arlington Bowie uh, mm-hmm. or Weatherford in a second round. You know, you're facing a team, those type of teams where you have maybe a little bit of an advantage. And, and I like America's draw, but in 6A, it's a lot different than it is in oh, 5A. Is. Because yes. really any team, on it, with the amount of depth that they have going yes. into a, an area round game, right. it, it's just going to get tougher and tougher. But for America's having that home field advantage to get you, your confidence right, mm-hmm. beating somebody else. You've been playing El Paso teams the past five weeks. You know, it does get redundant, yes. putting up 60 points. But to beat somebody else, you know, that can do major confidence for this for this America's group that's very young still, but may I add. No, they are, they are still young. They, they've, got, they've got next year to look forward to. But right now we're, we're in the present. So, so in the present, in looking at uh, – uh, 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 let, let's say, for example, the schedule. You compare the schedule, like say the Arlington uh, schools, look, all ten games. You know, to the ten games that America's played, and you look at the competition, and you'll see it's not the same. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and 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 so that that's where those those types of schools, that's where they have the advantage. But now you get into the playoffs, and to me, everything evens up here. Yes. You know, and and I. I for uh, for that point, that's why I think America's right now is in a great situation. Don't forget to check out the website, TownTalkSportsElPaso.com. We will preview every playoff game that is taking place this weekend. Me and Coach's schedule looks like this. Thursday, we will be in Midland covering Montwood and Midland Lee. Friday night, we will be covering Americas and Friendship back here in El Paso. And then Saturday morning, we will be covering Eastlake and the Lubbock-Monterey Plainsman Saturday morning from the sack. We'll have full slate of uh, of action for you. Don't forget to check out the website, TownTalkSportsElPaso.com. That will come out later in the week, showing all the games that we're covering. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TT Sports EP for the latest uh, scores from around the playoffs. Also follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash TT Sports EP, and on Instagram at TT Sports EP. So I'm Alex Nicolas for the coach Tony Grajava, wishing you a great week as the playoffs are here and you can hear it all on Town Talk Sports El Paso.